I am about to admit something that most grown men would never tell you. They would never tell the truth about something that I'm going to tell you right now here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. I am scared to death, and I kind of love it. I am scared to death, and I kind of love it because the United States has their backs against the wall in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, and if we don't qualify, we don't go. Dave Denholm here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Appreciate you joining us. A special edition on a Thursday. The Lakers, of course, playing on Wednesday night. We had American League Divisional Series Baseball. My Cleveland Indians had me on the edge of my seat as they defeated the Yankees. And then, of course, we just got done with the Rams All-Access here. And we are here now on the home of world football here in Southern California on ESPN LA 710. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly, sponsored by Pocock Brewing? Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company, embrace life, drink good beer. And there's no better time to visit Pocock Brewing Company. Check out their website, PocockBrewing.com, to embrace life and drink good beer while watching the United States play one of the biggest games we've ever played against Panama tomorrow in Orlando. And that is what's got me scared, silly, and I kind of like it. I kind of like the feeling of it. It's tangible. It's between your fingers, right? You can kind of feel it. Don't tell me you're not nervous. I'm scared. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed to admit that as a man, a grown man, maybe too grown. I'm not ashamed to admit that here. I am scared. The United States currently sits in the playoff spot in CONCACAF qualifying. That's the fourth spot. We don't want to be in a playoff with what looks like could could be Syria. Are you kidding me? Australia? No, I don't want that. But the United States plays Panama, who are leading the U.S. by two points. We need that victory tomorrow in Orlando. And we are going to break it down and work it up. It is a massive game on all fronts. It is one of the biggest, if not, in fact, in our, my show notes that the great producer Mario Reese handed me just a few minutes ago, he basically put down, is Friday's U.S. World Cup qualifier the biggest match in U.S. history? Now, here's the thing about sports, right? Tomorrow's game is always the biggest game. Now, I'm not even just talking about literally tomorrow. I'm talking about, well, okay, the Indians beat the Yankees in the ALDS. The Lakers were, you know, whenever they're in the playoffs, whenever that happens again, or the Clippers, it's always the next game in the playoffs. It always seems like the most. No, this is not the biggest match in U.S. history. That was U.S.-Mexico for a trip to the quarterfinals in 2002, and the United States won that match, as it turns out. But Mario is not incorrect in asking. It is that big I mean it's that important that it could be the biggest match depending on what happens that's the point when you're when we're looking at it right now on the schedule no the U.S. being in the World Cup and in knockout stages is a bigger game on paper as you're staring at it it could end up being the biggest match in U.S. history if they lose if the United States loses And let's take it a step further. They don't qualify for the World Cup 2018. Tomorrow's game is the biggest in history. And I'll tell you why, too. It ruins Bruce Arena's legacy. You saw Jeff Carlisle. If you go to ESPN FC, check out the website. Wrote an interesting column on it. 
I've been talking about it for a while. Other people have been talking about it for a while. Bruce Arena, his legacy is teetering on the brink as the U.S. men's national team coach. Doesn't mean he's not a good coach. No, of course not. He's a great coach. But in terms of being the U.S. men's national team coach, let's remember, he was in charge of that team that beat Mexico in 2002. And he was also in charge of the team that looked like, well, they were dogs in 2006. I got to be polite about it. Dreadful. And now Bruce wants to come back to to help the U.S. qualify and hopefully lead them to glory in Russia. Well, guess what, Bruce? The pressure is on you and your players. And your legacy is on the line. And I'm so tired of soccer media in America. They, They immediately, if they're listening to the show, and they are, you all do, and they know they do. All they do is they bristle at that. Oh, you're being too harsh. On, you know, we have got to stop that. We've got to demand that Bruce Arena's legacy is on the line because it is that big of a game tomorrow night. This is a match that every American who ever tells me that, oh, what's, what's up next big in soccer? Tomorrow. You want to know what you should be watching Average sports fan who's driving on the 710 who doesn't really watch a lot of soccer tomorrow. Yes, you, history teacher lady who's driving on the 105 right now, you should be watching the U.S. men's national team take on Panama tomorrow. It is that big. If any of you are out there who are not really big sports fans, you just love good radio, that's why you listen every week, it's it's bigger than the Olympics, this stuff. This is the World Cup. This is the pinnacle in sports. It's one of the many, many reasons, one of the million reasons I love soccer. And if you don't qualify, you don't go. And we have not qualified yet. In fact, we are teetering on the brink. And that's why I'm scared silly, and I kind of like it. It's that feeling that you don't want to like, but you do. As a sports fan. In fact, you hate it as you're going through it. I, as I said, I sat on the edge of my seat earlier watching the American League Divisional Series. A best of five with the Indians and the Yankees. Of course, I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, born and raised. And I was on the edge of my seat worried about that game. Before it began. And that is nothing to what I'm going to feel like tomorrow. Absolutely nothing. I am going to be a mess. As soon as I finish my work covering the European qualifiers and get out of work and get in my car to sit for a couple hours on the on the 10 on my drive home just enough time to get home before the US kicks off against Panama I am going to be a, a nervous wreck and a freak I'm going to have to call all my soccer buddies to talk we got to have to talk each other off the ledge for a couple of hours on my ride home and it's that big how are you feeling about this This is the time to share. This is the place to share it, of course. It is the home of world football here in Southern California and the United States, realistically. This is the best place to be. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776 is the number if you want to get involved. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, of course, we follow it there. We have conversation on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. It's easy enough. And uh, yes, hello to all the Instagram people out there that are uh, I'm Instagramming live. Apparently, I don't even know what that means, but apparently I am. 
And it's brought to you by Puente Hills Toyota, our great friends there. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. Now, the usual suspects are going to have to show up for the U.S. against Panama. By the way, if you're wondering, oh, Panama, Denholm, come on. It's a, we haven't beaten Panama in a while. Four straight draws against Panama. Panama are improved. This is not an easy game on the schedule. When the U.S. was getting ready for qualifying, you don't say, oh, okay, here, lick my finger, put a little check mark next to Pan. No! Panama have improved over the last three, four years. This is a cycle that they were looking for to get to the World Cup. And here's how crazy World Cup qualifying is, and we'll be getting to more of that. Economy Ball's going nuts. Unbelievable what happened in Economy Ball today. But here's how crazy World Cup qualifying can be. The United States, we've got to root. Get this. This is almost pains me to say. We have got to cheer and root for Mexico. Yeah, let that sink in. We have to root for Mexico coming Tuesday. Because we may well need them to beat Honduras. And we've got to root for Costa Rica tomorrow to beat Honduras. That's how crazy and how big these games are. This is where the U.S. has left themselves with two wins, three losses, and three draws. That's how nuts we are in terms of qualifying and how scary I, how scary it is and how scared I am being on the edge of this. And you can sit there and say, oh, we should have qualified weeks ago like Mexico has done. They are in. Yeah, you know, should have. It hasn't been happening. We've got to break down what the U.S. must do better, and we will. Let's go to the phones. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 to do what this man has done. Isaiah, you are first up in Southgate. Isaiah, welcome to Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunham. What's going on? Don't be afraid, Isaiah. I know you're scared. Hello? That's all right. It's okay. I understand where we are in World Cup qualifying. You, you're, you're fine, Isaiah. What, what's going on, man? No, I'm just saying I understand the whole situation that the U.S. soccer team is in because for the last World Cup qualifier, I am a Mexico fan, and I we you guys helped us out, so I hope Mexico helps you guys out this time because if USA and Mexico aren't in the World Cup, the ratings just go down for It's FIFA. not the same. Yeah, you're, I, I am so glad you said that, Isaiah. Thank you for the phone call. We got a Mexican fan saying he hopes the U.S. and hopes Mexico can help the U.S. I don't know that Mexico's players feel that way. I'm not sure El Tri is looking for any opportunity to help the U.S. I know Graham Zussi did them a solid in 2012, or leading up to 2014, I should say, 2013 when Zussi did that. I know we, we basically got you into the last World Cup, at least into that playoff. But I'm not sure El Tri is ready to help us like that. But I love Isaiah's spirit. And he knows. He knows the situation we're in. I'm feeling it. I'm absolutely feeling it. 877-710-ESPN. What is the key for the United States against Panama coming up tomorrow in Orlando? I will tell you next. It's Soccer Weekly on the home of world football here in Southern California and beyond. It's ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm hanging out with you here on the home of world football. And, man, it is all about world football because it's World Cup qualifying tomorrow in Orlando for the United States taking on Panama a team the U.S. could leapfrog with the full three points. 
Honduras takes on Costa Rica in Costa Rica and Mexico already qualified has the night off essentially against Trinidad and Tobago. No disrespect to TNT. We may have to beat them on the last day. That's not what I mean. Mexico is already qualified though. They don't have to get results. We need them to on the last day on Tuesday. Don't even get me started there yet. The U.S. cannot look anything past minute one against Panama through minute 90 plus. And what are the keys? I said it before the break. What is the key? And there are a couple, actually, but the, 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 a few keys will build up to what is really the most important. This match for the United States might as well be approached like a knockout game in the World Cup. Not a group stage match where yeah, you might try to take it easy a little bit, feel out your opponent for 20, 30 minutes, make sure you don't get off, blown off the pitch early. No, the U.S., you are on your home soil in Orlando. Full-throated U.S. men's national team fans are going to be there singing and jumping and going crazy. From minute one, the United States must take this match to Panama. No excuses, no worrying about anything except for winning. Go out there and put four on the board, and if Panama scores five, go shake their hands and say, nice match. This is a knockout match in the World Cup, essentially. That's why I keep telling you, fans who are not such soccer fans, you just love good radio, these are the matches that so count. They are so important. They are huge. This match should be watched like it's an Olympic event for the United States. There should be 50, 60 million people watching these games. That, yes, these are World Cup qualifiers. The whole country should be getting behind these matches. If you call yourself at all a sports fan, shame on you for not watching this if you're going to miss out tomorrow. That's how important it is. And look, here's a key for this match. You come out from minute one, Bruce, and you tell these guys, go put four goals up on them, and we'll take our chances. And by that, I mean have that offensive mentality. Don't be backing away trying to feel out Panama here at home and, be, and playing scared. You know when you play scared, that's how you get dumped. It's a good recipe for a loss. At that level. Essentially professional sports on every level. Don't be playing scared. That is a key. The second is going to be Bruce Arena's decision to make in the center of defense. He's got to get it right. I know he added Michael Orozco from Tijuana. I know he's got some experience certainly in the, with the U.S. men's national team. He's been added to the roster. I don't suspect I'll see him in the starting lineup. But you never know with Bruce. My starting central pair, the guys for me, out of the ones available, you know, obviously remember, John Anthony Brooks has the injury. Out of the guys available on this roster, starting central defenders for me would be Omar Gonzalez, not because he's a former Galaxy player, not because he plays on my Pachuca now, and Matt Beasler. Those guys match up well together. And I want some consistency in that center of defense. Now, I know those guys have had bad games at times. Of course, people are going to get scored on. But they're the two that can click the best out of the guys available for this match, right? We need that central defensive pairing to be super strong in this match. Absolutely. And that's what I would go with. Now, people are going to scream, Denholm, Jeff Cameron, Jeff Cameron. 
in my real in my world, I'd have Jeff Cameron playing defensive mid, but what do I know, right? I just, you know, I'm not coaching this team, unfortunately. And Michael Bradley would be pushed up the field to get as much offense going because Michael Bradley is not a good defender. He needs to be up the pitch, which is contrary to the way everybody plays him because he's bald and he looks tough, so he's got to be a defensive, defensive midfielder, right? That's just the U.S. mentality, and it's ridiculous. Get Jeff Cameron in as a defensive midfield. Not going to happen tomorrow. I understand that. Too much on the line. Not going to happen. But that's what I would be doing with the center of defense. Beasler and Omar Gonzalez. If I see that com- combination, I know we're going to be in good shape. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. The number for you to talk about the U.S. men's national team going into this Panama game. And since we're not going to be on before then, the equally important Tuesday matchup Trinidad and Tobago. Now, I know, again, we're not trying to look f- past it. we got to have everything out of this match against M- Panama. Have to. Because as scary as it is to say, look, the United States cannot be knocked out of World Cup contention, even with a loss tomorrow. But it can get really dicey and really scary. Really awful for the U.S. So we're not looking past it, but we won't even be back on this show. Can you believe that? We'll know what has happened to the United States the next time we're on this show. That is how crucial these next few days are going to be. Do I want to see DeMarcus Beasley on the pitch? No. No. you got to go with Jorge Villafania on that left uh, left side of defense. Have to. DeAndre Yedlin, for me, has got to play on the right. Villafania on the left. Beasley and Omar in the middle. If Bruce gets that right, Bruce, I know you're listening. I know you are. Trust your pal Dave. Go with that defense in this match because that's going to help us get more offense. And we need that. We need the offense to get working as early and as often as possible. I'm telling you, hang four on Panama and we'll take our chances. Open up the game. Don't play defensively. That is crucial in this match against Panama because Panama is going to come out and play defensive. Why wouldn't they? Panama gets a draw in this match. Are you kidding me? They will love it. Aaron Dario Gomez, their coach, he's not afraid to take chances. Don't get me wrong. But he's going to be playing for that draw. I'm convinced. And if Panama nicks a goal on us, look out. It'll be like playing 15 men behind the ball for Panama in that case. It could get ugly that way. The United States must take this game to Panama early and often. That is crucial. Yes, of course, he's going to have to make the right choices up front. I want Bobby Wood in there. I want Josie Altador in there. I'm not afraid to put Clint Dempsey coming off the bench as long as Bruce doesn't wait till the 80th minute if we need him. But I want to attack from minute one. we got to play this match. We might as well play this game like it's, it's World Cup final with nothing to lose. Go for it. One of the problems with the U.S. is our mentality. Let's put that to bed tomorrow and play for the full three points from the first minute. When that referee blows that whistle, I want to see the United States putting Panama on their back heels from the word go. If I don't see it, there could be, it could be a long night. Panama is a dangerous team. Remember, we have not, as I said in the first segment, we haven't beaten Panama in a couple of years. Nothing but draws with this team. 1-1-1-1-1-1. I mean, Panama has gotten a lot better. There's a reason they're ahead of us in the CONCACAF standings right now. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to say 
that people are looking past Panama as if it's going to be an easy match. I know not based on where we're sitting, but just in the sense, oh, it's Panama. And that is such a played-out thing in world football. Not just here, not just from you, American soccer fan, but all around the world, right? Oh, of course, well, the United States playing Panama tomorrow? Well, of course they should run. Why? Who says we're better than Panama right now? We're going to have to scratch and claw and scrape our way past the Panamanians to get to the World Cup. Who says we're better than them? Who says we're supposed to beat Costa Rica? They're better than us. They crushed us twice. We've just got to worry about playing the best match we can. Forgetting all this, oh, don't worry, we got Trinidad and Tobago on the last day. That's an easy Are you kidding me? Look past no one, respect everyone, and take it to them. You are, you are approaching Panama like they're Germany tomorrow, as far as I'm concerned. Because they might as well be. Speaking of which, the Germans qualified in uh, Europe earlier. But let's go to Call Me Ball for a minute here. And 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number if you want to get involved. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, remember you can follow me there, at TalkSoccer. And uh, Robert tweets in a great question as I approach the Call Me Ball conversation. How do you think Messi is feeling tonight? Well, if you hadn't heard... Argentina, you talk about a country that might be in panic mode. I mean, Argentina and Lionel Messi. Look, Argentina, for me, is the quintessential soccer nation. They have the best fans in the world, bar none. That's it. Sorry, Brazil. Sorry, England. Sorry, Germany. You're all great. And there's no shame in being a fantastic soccer nation that isn't quite up to Argentina's level. Argentina is the pinnacle. And Argentina is on the verge of missing the World Cup. Yeah, no. No, we can. We, we are on the verge of crying for Argentina. They are that close to missing out with Lionel Messi possibly missing out. Argentina played... Peru to a nil-nil draw in Argentina today. So therefore, they are currently on the outside looking in. Tied with Peru on points and goal difference. Get this, Argentina right now could potentially miss the World Cup on goals scored. That's the next tiebreaker. Argentina through 17 matches has scored 16 goals with Lionel Messi on that team. What is going wrong? For La Celeste, it has been ugly. Six wins and seven draws. They are not winning games. They should be. They're drawing a lot. And Argentina must now go to Ecuador, get a result, and still hope. That is scary. Well, put it this way. If Argentina wins, they're in. They're in the World Cup if they, if they well, they're in the playoffs minimum if they win. But they are outside looking in right now because of what Peru has done. And Ecuador has been terrible, mind you. Argentina, they're playing Ecuador coming up. Ecuador's lost five straight. They've been dreadful. But it is at Ecuador. And you got to remember, Ecuador's out. But, man, if you are on, you're playing your final qualifier at home against Argentina with a chance to knock the Argentines out of the World Cup, if Argentina loses in that match, in all likelihood, there are some things that could still happen, they would be out if they lose. Now, again, 
So many permutations, and we'll break those down coming up here. Conmey Ball is an absolute bloodbath right now, and it's glorious. You think we're biting our nails here, and we are. Conmey Ball is just topsy-turvy. Other than Brazil, who's guaranteed a spot and already qualified a while, and Brazil is looking so good. We will be breaking down Conmey Ball here coming up. Soccer Weekly, Dave Denholm and you on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LA today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. When you go, not if, but when you go to get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LA, Tell them Soccer Weekly and Dave Denholm sent you. We appreciate that. Thanks so much for the support, by the way. Blowing up on iTunes. Really appreciate it. And the reviews are helping. Now, look, I tell you, I can take it. If you hate the show, that's fine. You can give me the no stars, one star treatment, but write the review. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes with a podcast. It is growing by leaps and bounds, and I do appreciate it. Fast becoming really a go-to place for uh, world football here. And why not? You're listening to this show. You might as well go get the podcast, tell your friends, whatever, all over the country if they're not so blessed to be able to listen to this show. Now, this is, of course, a special Thursday edition here on ESPN LA 710. We had Rams all access. Remember, the Lakers were on last night. Normally Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m., just in case you're finding us for the first time. Appreciate that. If you want to hit me up, it's 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, or follow me and hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. Conmey Ball. We're talking about qualifying. We've breaking down the U.S. We'll get back to that in just a second, but Conmey Ball went crazy with Argentina's nil-nil draw at at uh, Peru, or again, a bigger part, at home against Peru. It actually put Peru still in that playoff spot ahead. Look at these standings. I mean, this is incredible. I'm going to talk you through them. Brazil, of course, is qualified. Brazil looks really, really good. They look to be one of the favorites going into Russia for sure. Uruguay is in pretty good shape. They they could have sealed up a spot if Uruguay would have beaten Venezuela in Venezuela. Now, Venezuela, to me, just shows you what common ball is all about, right? It is, without a doubt, Ten times harder to qualify out of Conmey Bowl than it is out of, out of Europe. Ten times. I know half the teams essentially go from Conmey Bowl. The fifth spot is, of course, the playoff spot. But they usually don't have a real trouble with the playoff. There's ten teams. Four of them are automatics. Five, the fifth get, I get that. Yes, the math is there that says it's easier. That's not the case. Conmey Bowl is as difficult as any other region except Africa to qualify. Conmey Bowl's teams... Overall, top to bottom, toughest by far, right? Only 10 teams. All of them are pretty good. I mean, Venezuela is awful in qualifying right now, and Venezuela is a team on the rise. They are genuinely getting better. They're not an easy out, and Venezuela is buried in last. Bolivia, yeah, you try going to La Paz at, what, 12,500 feet. They're un almost unstoppable at home. Now, that's not literally the case. They can't win on the road, mind you. They're a t you know a rough team. Ecuador, Ecuador's a very nice team. They're not going. They're done. Paraguay's still alive at twenty four points, currently sitting seventh. Argentina on twenty five. Peru on twenty five. Colombia on twenty six. Chile on twenty six. Get this: the great Chile could miss out on the World Cup completely. Yes, sitting at twenty six points. Uruguay looks, by all accounts. Pretty much rock solid for at least a playoff spot. They still look in good shape after the draw against Venezuela. Uruguay has to take on Bolivia at home. Should be good enough to at least get a point. You're in. 
They should be fine. Chile, third in qualifying on eight wins. Eight wins from their 17 matches, two draws. They have had seven losses. They could be out of the World Cup. I mean, Chile, we talk about, right, they're one of the teams that could win as one of the potential favorites. Not so fast. They could be out. They got to go to Brazil on this last match day here, coming up on Tuesday. It's unbelievable what's going on in Conmebol and qualifying. And it's why I keep telling you as a soccer fan, even if you're a casual fan, you have to love the World Cup qualifiers. They are every bit the nail-biting nature of whatever. The World Cup itself, World Series games, Game 7 of the NBA Finals, every bit of excitement and, and and frankly, more if it's your nation involved. Truly. Frankly, it's more important and more exciting. And that's where we are in Conway Bowl with one game to go Tuesday. The other matchups, Paraguay taking on Venezuela. That's, you know, Paraguay should get the win at home. Venezuela is not a great team on the road, certainly a team that's been struggling. Paraguay gets that win. All of a sudden, they're at 27 points, and everything's in chaos. Colombia is at Peru. The winner of that match, well, Peru in all likelihood would get through with a win. Colombia would go on with a victory. But, I mean, it is just crazy. If that match ends in a draw, look out. (laughs) I just, I am going to be so nervous on Tuesday for the U.S. Trinidad and Tobago game anyway. It's going to get nuts. And why not be here, here on Soccer Weekly, 710 KSPN Los Angeles? I mean, why not? Talking about it. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number if you want to get involved as we take a look at this. Now, we get back to CONCACAF. Mexico's in. We know that. Costa Rica's essentially in. They need a point. Essentially. They're in. They get a point and they're in. They would like to wrap that up against Honduras. I'd love for them to co- for Costa Rica to get that full three points against Honduras coming up tomorrow. That would, or actually, that game's been postponed, right? Suspended till Saturday due to weather. Saturday, yep. So we'll we'll know more about where the U.S. is going after the Panama game. Costa Rica will want to get that victory, I think. So let's just wrap that up. Panama on ten points, the U.S. on eight, Honduras on eight. The U.S. has a very big goal difference advantage over Honduras, and then TNT has been eliminated. Where it, where does it lie for the U.S.? We talked about the matchups in terms of what I want to see out of that center of defense, the pairing, I should say. But let's be realistic here. You heard Alexi Lalas. We talked about it a few weeks of Fox Sports soccer analysts calling out the U.S. And these high-paid, pay, high high-priced players that aren't getting the job done. Kudos to Alexi. I've been doing it for a while saying we cannot mess around. These guys have got to step up. And there are three guys, individuals, I want to call out now. And for me, it comes down to these three players individually. Yes, I'm putting pressure on them. I don't care. I know it's a team sport. I know we're sending out 11 v. 11. I get it. But in my estimation, the responsibility is on these three players. Third, thirdly, whatever, Josie Altidore up front. Josie, you have got to put the ball in the back of the net. The responsibility is on this guy. Secondly is the captain, Michael Bradley. We've got to see a massive performance out of him in the midfield. And because he plays so deep, 
because nobody has figured out except for me, apparently, that he is a much better offensive player than he is a defender and always has been and always will be. But because he plays so deep, he's going to have to have a great two-way game in that midfield for the U.S. tomorrow against Panama. Offensively and defensively, we're going to have to see Michael Bradley play one of his best games. And the single most important player tomorrow, and I don't care if this scares anyone or scares Bruce Arena or scares the guy I'm about to mention, tough. It is on you, Christian Pulisic. It is now your team. It is now your nation when it comes to soccer. Is that too much pressure on a 19-year-old? I don't care. He gets paid by the U.S. men's national team when he plays for the U.S. I've, I, at last check, I haven't heard any story about him not cashing the paychecks that the U.S. sends this kid to play. Therefore, it's on you. You are the superstar. You are the next when it comes to U.S. soccer. I'm putting it on you, kid. If the United States fails tomorrow, it is your fault, Christian Pulisic. You don't like it? Tough. That's what professional sports is all about. That is what this level of sport is all about. And remember, guys like Eric Winalda have said it for years, and I fully agree. If you're old enough to play, then you gotta you got to put on the pressure, basically. you got to play well. And I'm paraphrasing here, and I'm screwing it up, in fact. But if you're old enough to be picked, and you're old enough to take the check and send it to your bank via direct deposit and spend the money you get for playing for the U.S. national team, Tough. It's on you. You want to step up? And look, I love Christian Pulisic. I believe this is a kid who could be the biggest sports star on the planet in the years to come. Yes, you heard that correctly. Bigger than any NBA player. Bigger than any Major League Baseball player, for sure. Bigger than Tom Brady is now. This kid could be it. Bigger than Michael Jordan was. (gasps) How can you say? Yes. But it starts right now. Christian Pulisic says, we need three points bad. You're darn right, kid. It's on you. And that is that is simply how it must be. He is the best player we have. You have to call on your best players at this point. Argentina, we mentioned, struggling. Going into that final game against Ecuador on the road. Who do you think they're going to call on? Yeah, we need, yeah, you need Mascherano to have a nice game defensively. They're going to look for Lionel Messi to carry them to the World Cup. Of course they are. You know that. He knows it. They know it. Ecuador knows it. That's just the way it is. Portugal and European qualifying, they're wrapped up in a pretty tough group in terms of at the top. They know they're in the playoffs. They still got to battle Switzerland in the final day. Switzerland is unbeaten in their group. Portugal could be stuck in a playoff. Cristiano Ronaldo could be in a playoff. We are approaching something here that I'm about to whisper to you because it scares. It should scare everyone. There could be a World Cup in Russia in 2018 without Lionel Messi, without Cristiano Ronaldo, and without the United States of America. All of it. Try to wrap your head around that. And then tell me who needs to step up in the next game or two. Yes, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and I'm putting you in this group, kid, Christian Pulisic. Those are the guys who have to step up. And you know who has stepped up throughout their career? Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. 
Now it's time for the youngster to join the group. Is it too much for him, Denholm? He's so young. He's so, who cares? I don't care about him being 19. I remember watching Kobe Bryant at the forum when he was 17 and a half or whatever, throwing up brick after brick as a kid who believed he was probably the best basketball player on the planet and couldn't hit the broad side of a barn his first few games for the Lakers. He was awful. But you know what? He found himself pretty quickly. And Christian Pulisic is capable. And here's a little bit of good news. Christian Pulisic isn't afraid of what I'm saying. He's not worried about being the next superstar because he knows he's going to be. It's just time to do it now. And I'm not sitting here telling you he's played badly. No. He's not struggled for the U.S. But now it's time to take that next leap. That big jump is when this kind of game approaches. And in your career, these are the games you must make your mark. And it's time for him. All the pressure is on the United States going into this, right? And I know, again, it's a team sport. Oh, Denholm, they must have a good game out of the whoever he picks in goal. Yeah, of course. Can Christian Pulisic do it alone? No. Otherwise, Argentina with Messi would have already been qualified and plenty of with plenty of distance. No, of course. But though, that is the guy who has to have the pressure on his shoulders to play the best game he possibly can. And if Christian Pulisic does that, he won't score once tomorrow. He will lead this team to a multiple-goal victory if he gets any kind of help because Christian Pulisic is at that level. So you must call him out for this. It's really, it's really simple math. Not to scare you, the people who hate math out there. It's simple math. He's the best. Let's put the ball at his feet and let's run through him and let's go. Would I love to see a Christian Pulisic in the center of midfield? Look, people have been asking me about that, right? Whether it's on Twitter, at Talk Soccer, you want to call up and talk about it, 877-710-ESPN. We're going to about 1020, roughly, right? Yeah, about that. So you'll have some time. But look, people are asking me, oh, you know... Shouldn't he be in the center? It doesn't. Look, Christian Pulisic is very comfortable playing with Borussia Dortmund at the highest level out wide. Let's just put him where he's comfortable. Let's figure out another way around where he's at because he can score from out there. He's done it for Dortmund. Let's not get too fancy here trying to recreate what Christian Pulisic is. Put him out where he's comfortable. Build around that and get the ball out wide to him and pester and destroy Panama from the first minute tomorrow in Orlando. Not That's not what we should do. That is what we must do, and that is what he must do as the best player we have. And the future is now for Christian Pulisic. David tweeting in, totally agree. He can't disappear like he has the last few games. Yeah, he hasn't had a lot of help either, David. You're right, but it's time. No excuses. I don't care if he's 19, 29, 39, or 9 years old. If he's chosen and he's the best player we have, he has to perform tomorrow at that level and beyond. You've got to drag up the rest of your teammates, Christian. Yeah, I see it. He's getting frustrated at times with some of the guys not playing properly around him. Tough. Drag him up with you. Grab him by the scruff of the neck and take us to the World Cup, 19-year-old. Has to be done. I am scared silly, but we're going to talk more about it. We're going to give you my prediction. 
and stoppage time still to come. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly. We roll on here on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm hanging out with you here on the home of world football. It is ESPN LA 710. You can check out the podcast. By the way, go to iTunes, search Soccer Weekly. We got the great crest that was put forth and uh, created here by the fine folks at ESPN LA 710 for me. Check that out. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It comes out. I mean, Jesse and Jorge, they do some voodoo back there. That just it's The podcast is available so quickly. It's unbelievable. So uh, appreciate all their hard work. Hey, I wanted to mention this. We're talking about all this World Cup qualifying. Obviously, that is the story for the United States tomorrow against Panama. You do not want to miss that match in Orlando. It is, it is, it's as big as it gets. And we know that. And then you've got Conmebol going down to their final matches on Tuesday with everything on the line for teams like Argentina, Chile. Oh, it's just crazy what's going on in South America. But the World Cup for the under-17s is starting early tomorrow morning. Well, er, very early tomorrow morning Pacific time. The uh, under-17 World Cup starts tomorrow. I'm going to be covering that for Fox. You can catch out the, the matches on all the Fox stations. But the reason I mention it is the United States is in the group with India. That's the home team. The Indians are the uh, hosts. And the United States is in a pretty interesting group with them. I want you to focus on the United States and their young talent. Check these matches out. Yes, they're early. DVR them, whatever you got to do to check them out. Especially the kid who we talked about. Remember, we just talked about it when he signed. When he's 18, coming up in like February, he's signing. already signed a pre-contract, I believe, with Werder Bremen. His name is Josh Sargent. He already went and played very well for the under-20 U.S. team in the under-20 World Cup. He's actually playing in the group he belongs in age-wise now and the under-17 U.S. team. The U.S. team has a lot of good talent on this team. Check them out. Watch these matches. This is the next generation. And by next generation, remember, Christian Pulisic is only like two years older than these kids. So it's not like you're going to have to wait 10 years to see these guys. Josh Sargent is legit up front. He's got all the tools, all the skills. He knows how to play the game. I watched him at the Under-20 World Cup. I was fascinated. It is no surprise that a big club like Werder Bremen was hounding him to come sign, and other teams were doing it. He is for real for the U.S., but he's not the only one. Study this U.S. roster. Hey, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm going to be watching all these games live. If I'm working them, yeah, i got to get up at 2 in the morning to go do it. That's fine. But if I'm not, I'm going to DVR a few. Get them on your DVR or whatever you use. Watch these matches with the U.S. playing. They open up against India tomorrow. Should be a very interesting group. Is the United States a favorite to win the Under-17 World Cup? No. Could the United States win the Under-17 World Cup? Absolutely. They're a team that can do damage. The Under-20s, they did very well. I do expect more out of this U.S. Under-17 team than most people do because I expect more out of the United States. And that includes our U.S. men's national team going up against Panama. I'm tired of low expectations, and us meeting them. We have got to grow up as a soccer nation, and for me, that begins tomorrow. Let's start demanding more. No more free pass. I'm tired of it. Yes, thank you, Bruce Arena, for getting us to the quarterfinals in 2002. Enough. 
I got news for you. Bruce Arena is not above reproach. Get the job done, Bruce. You took the job. Go do it. And so far, not so good. Could tomorrow go a long way towards rectifying that? You bet. Go out there, put four on Panama, and let's take our chances. That'll be enough. I'm tired of this. I really am. We have got to start demanding more. And that includes Sunil Galati and all of U.S. soccer. Why in the world are they safe? I mean, we are on the brink here of not even qualifying. And I'm just tired of it. Clean house if we must, then let's do it. But let's start demanding we go out on our home turf and righting the wrongs that have been through the first eight matches of this qualifying campaign, which has been dreadful. And that begins tomorrow against Panama in Orlando. And I expect a massive U.S. crowd there in Orlando for that match. Mario, hey, I got to come back down to earth here and calm down before tomorrow. I'm going to freak out before the game. I mean, we're hours away here. I was already pumped for the game. You got me really hyped for the game now, I am. That's why I had to have, like, two Mountain Dew, diet Mountain Dews, mind you. Diet, of course. That makes sense, right? That's ridiculous. Mario, it's my favorite time of the show. It's stoppage time. What time is it? Stoppage time! Stoppage time! Stoppage time! Right now! The great producer Mario Rees joins me for Stoppage Time, Mario. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, Dave. Now, plenty of athletes are known to have the strangest pregame rituals, right? I mean, whether it be putting on your socks in the same exact (laughs) order every game, or LeBron James throwing up the chalk at half court, or maybe Hall of Famer uh, Wade Boggs eating chicken before every game. I mean, you get the idea, but... uh, have you seen Barisha Dorman's goalkeeper, Roman Berkey, and his strange pre-match ritual? Yes, I have, in fact. I was just covering a Dortmund match. Oh, you have? He, uh, he steals the ball he from sneaks the referee, in. Yeah, like he's, before the match. Yeah. yeah, when everybody's posing pictures and the captains are shaking hands, <laughs> he comes in, he steals the ball just to get like a preemptive feel for the ball. Yeah. Now, my question for you is, what is your pre-soccer weekly show ritual? Oh, wow. That is a very good question, Mario. And I, I, I got to be honest with you. Off the top of my head, as soon as you ask that, I realize this is going to tell a lot about me with the pre-show, pre-show ritual. Okay, this is good. So, honestly, first, I uh, usually I carbo-load. I get about 28 to 4,200 calories in with a, within a few restaurants downstairs here. We're at, at the LA Live. Okay. You know, so you I meal use, prep well. I like okay. to carbo-load with at least a few... Pasta dishes and a little bit of pizza beforehand, so get ready for that. Copious amounts of Diet Mountain Dew. Yep. I'm not going to lie. That's one of the best things about working here is the uh, vending machine has Diet Mountain Dew in it. <laughs> and the larger size, mind you. It's the 20-ounce, not the little can. Got to love the Mountain Dew. Love that. So I get that in. And uh, a little bit of eye black underneath the eyes. I gotta be, you got to get your game face Game on. face, yep. I love and it. Usually I'm ready to go. Uh, after that, a little bit of studying. Look, you know, I mean, come on, we all love soccer. It's not like I have to study this stuff. I'm doing it every day of the week uh, leading up to it. But yeah, Mario prepares more f- than I do for the show, if I'm being perfectly honest. So that's my. Time. All right. So Harry Kane had a killer month of September, oh. which he scored 13 goals in all of his matches. He just scored a goal in stoppage time to help England qualify for the World Cup. Now, Kane is playing at a Messi-type level, Cristiano Ronaldo-type level. Is he a world-class player now? Yes. That uh, phrase is thrown out a lot, and I think it's thrown out a little too much for too many players. But in terms of the guys you mentioned right before then, Ronaldo, He's up there. Messi, he is not 
on their level. No, let's not make that mistake. He's right to below that, and he's in that world-class level with just a few other players on the planet. Yes, he is right up there, Mario. It's a great question. As soon as you asked it to me, my eyes kind of opened up a little bit more, and my interest was peaked because when you really think about it, there was thoughts about, oh, is he going to leave Tottenham? And where, why in the world would Tottenham give up this guy? The money the EPL teams have, Tottenham is not a small club. You hang on to this guy like grim death, man. I mean, this guy is the real deal, Mario. He is world class, and he's only getting better. I mean, he is a young man. This is not some dude who's on the other side of 30. This guy is on the, he's on the other side of 25, closer to 20 than he is 30. I mean, this guy is absolutely world class, and they should hang on to him. Like he's their last best hope because Tottenham is a great club with this guy on the pitch. Dave, who gets kicked out of Disney World? U.S. soccer star (laughs) Alex Morgan gets kicked out of Disney World. That's who. An incident report filed by police at Epcot managers called deputies concerning several people who were impaired and verbally aggressive and very loud and belligerent towards staff around guests. Alex Morgan has since apologized on Twitter, saying, I want to apologize for my actions that occurred over the weekend. I will learn from this and make sure it does not happen again. Hashtag live and learn. Well, good. I mean, look, that's first and foremost, good. I hope the apology is sincere. It sounded like it was, and I hope that she learns from it. That's great. But I have a different take on this, and it's a take that most of the soccer media will just lay off of it. It's Alex Morgan. Oh, she's like the the poster girl for all of American soccer, not just women's soccer. Come on, she's a superstar. Right? Forget just women's soccer. She's a superstar soccer player in America. I got a different take for this. We've arrived. We've made it. We right? made it, Dave. TMZ covering it, right? Yes. All of a sudden, soccer stars are getting popped for DUIs and like and getting uh, you know belligerent at a Disney World in line here. I don't know what was. I mean, the, uh, according to the deputy, I think they, she seemed impaired. Let's just put it that way. We've made it in the world of sports. Right? I mean, that's what I look at it. Okay. I'm glad she apologized. I hope she learns from it because it really is no joke. And, you know, with all the D- – I'm not trying to make light of that kind of stuff in terms of, you know, DUIs and all that. I'm talking about we're breaking through into the into – the, uh, on a different level of, like, this is not good stuff here. And, unfortunately, this is going to start happening more with soccer players if they're not careful. And that's where they have to realize that they have made it and they are – examples for youngsters and you have to do better and hopefully she will and i believe she will this is soccer weekly thanks so much to mario thanks so much to jesse thank you uh, tall drink appreciate that i'm dave Denholm. you are listening to espnla 710